Hello and welcome to another episode of Football Talk Podcast. My name is Ozzy and I'm your host for today's show. Another match week in the Premier League and a lot has happened. So let's get right into it. I think the biggest game of the week that definitely had some fireworks involved two London teams. So that is Chelsea versus Tottenham. A fiery encounter in the London derby is what I've titled this episode. And it was nothing other than that. A great game to watch for the neutral as well as both fan bases. I think it was a tactical warfare as well between two quality managers. Um, so in regards to the game, Havertz, a player that's been spoken about amongst Chelsea fans quite a bit in terms of is he going to be the man that will lead the line uh, for Chelsea this season. On every of this game, I don't think he's the right person. Uh, he had quite a few chances, in particular his first chance in the game uh, where he was on his weak foot, to say the least, but it was a good save by the goalkeeper, uh, which resulted to a corner kick. And it was Koulibaly who actually broke the deadlock, scoring on um, his second game for Chelsea's debut goal. A fantastic volley from the corner, very well executed, pretty much like a striker's finish. So really, really impressive start from him. But unfortunately, Chelsea lost a bit of focus for, for a moment with Jorginho getting caught out in possession. And that led to Spurs being able to capitalise and the ball came towards Hoiberg, who produced a great strike to equalise. Tuchel and Conte squared up for the first time. There was many occasions they did square up during the game. This was the first. Tuchel wasn't pleased regards to the tackle on Havertz from um, Bentoncourt. Uh, it's a tricky one for me as Bentecourt did get the ball, but the tackle was from behind. So I guess rules are rules. That should have been a free kick and that goal probably wouldn't have happened if, if that was awarded earlier on. But nevertheless, 1-1 at this stage. Reese James produced a lovely cross from the right-hand side to Havertz and it was literally a chance that you'd expect someone to bury away Havertz unfortunately hit it wide. So these are the moments that differentiate good players to like elite strikers. For me, he's a good player, but I just don't think he's the right person to lead that uh, Chelsea line, in my opinion. Uh, in the end, Chelsea did take the lead and it was through Reese James. A uh, nice pass from Sterling from the left-hand side and he lashed it on afterwards. So Tuchel was pretty much running up the pitch, up and down in jubilation. But unfortunately for him, it was Conte who had the last laugh uh, with Kane's late, late equaliser that grabbed the point for Spurs. So a very intense game between two rivals. And this was everything with the tussle between Tuchel and Conte at the end. I'm sure you've seen the pictures or the clip, uh, which was pretty much viral throughout the whole day. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Neil wanted to let the, uh, let the other person's hand go. I believe both of the managers got a red card for their actions. I don't mind a bit, a bit of this, to be, honest, to be honest with you. It just shows their passion as managers. Uh, last week, you saw Jesse Marsh and Bruno Lage uh, squaring up as well. So I'm not sure if... I'm sure this is, will not be the last time you see managers throwing handbags at each other, uh, to, to say the least. But overall, I think Spurs, that's a great point for them. Chelsea will feel a bit disappointed where they've been in the lead a couple of times during this fixture and they didn't work, they weren't able to capitalise. So 
they would feel a little bit disappointed. Uh, but nevertheless, I think it's best to gain a point rather than have zero points against your rivals. So good game there uh, for the neutrals. Now the next one, Brentford versus Manchester United. So definitely a surprise result of the week, regardless of how you look at it. As um, I said it last week, uh, the stadium, which is called G-Tech Community Stadium, I didn't know that if I'm, I'm being brutally honest, uh, is a difficult place to get points. And in this regard, I thought maybe United will draw or nick the point here. But the way they conceded four goals, definitely not expected in my in my opinion. Unfortunately, a lot of the goals were led by individual mistakes and one particular person for two of the goals was De Gea. So started off with a howler from him, a straightforward shot from De Silva where he pretty much hit the target. I don't think he was expecting to score or trouble the goalkeeper to say the least. And as you can see by his celebration, he was pleasantly surprised to see the ball creeping into the back of the net. Awful start for the Red Devils there. And unfortunately, it doesn't get better. The next goal, poor pass by De Gea to Eriksen, who didn't seem quite ready for that pass. Uh, tried to do a quick turn, got caught out of possession. And Jensen was able to capitalise and hits the shot into the corner, 2-0 up. Third goal was a poor one to concede as well. Um, Mboma with the corner. Tony heads it back to the box and Benmi scores the header. First goal for his new team. Recently joined from Burnley there. He leaped over new signing Martinez. Now, we all know, especially if you're on social media, the signing of Martinez has been a big sort of talking point regarding his height. And will he be able to handle the physicality of the Premier League? I'll be brutally honest. I'm not here to, to make fun of someone's height or anything like that. But I feel like in this league, you need to be a commanding centre-back. Some, you know, you look at your Mascheranos that have done well at Barcelona. But in the Premier League, I feel like height is such a key aspect of your defence line. It's the backbone of your of your team. And... I'll be honest, I think this was a naive signing from Manchester United. The only reason he was signed was because Ten Hag is familiar with the player from his previous club and he knows what to expect in terms of training and coaching and what he wants tactically from the team. And I think the fee was £55 million as well. So for me, it, it was a naive signing. It wasn't really a smart signing in terms of looking at the league because he's not suited for this league, in my opinion. If he plays in a back three, maybe a different situation where he'll be on the left-hand side or plays as a left-back. But in a back four as the two main centre-backs, yeah, for me, that's that's not going to work. And I'm sure a lot of fans would agree with that as well. And the fourth goal was a lovely assist by Ivan Tony from his left foot. Great first touch by Mbwemo, who then slots it in very clinically. Great counter-attack by Brentford there. Former Brentford player Eriksen has a chance for a consolation goal, but hits it wide. Who knows? He might be regretting joining Manchester United. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'm sure, I'm sure the paycheck and wipes those tears away. But this team simply just can't perform the basics, unfortunately, Manchester United. They're out of form. And when you are out of form as well, or if things aren't clicking, 
the best thing you can do as a player is to run around, keep busy, try and make things happen or just trouble the opposition. They didn't even do that. I think there was a statistic where I think overall the team, Brentford, they covered 14 kilometres and in comparison to Manchester United, it was nine kilometres. So there's levels to this. You have to put in the work at the same time. It's not all about just having the bona fide names in your starting lineup or pretty football here and there. You've got to put in the graft as well at the same time. And they're not doing either, to be honest with you. So right now for me, Ten Hag has a lot of work to do. And it's not as simple as just signing new players that will change the fortune of this club. It comes from the training ground. The need, the players need to buy into the manager's philosophy of playing. And that will be the first step. They need to buy into what he has to say, take it all in and try and execute his game plan in matches. Right now, it's not working. As I said, mentioned before, Martins for me was a naive signing, but because he knows how the manager operates, it might be one where it's a familiar face and he can kind of show that that under this manager, it can work. So maybe he will be able to influence it. I don't think he's quite that sort of player. I'm not sure if he even speaks the language, to be honest with you. So, so yeah, they've been linked with another player today, uh, Cunha from Atletico Madrid. A very talented player. It's a player that was linked to Liverpool last summer as well. So I'm, I've seen him in action a little bit. But for me, where does he fit into this Manchester United team? He's he's a natural number 10. That is his main role whenever he's played uh, in Germany. He can play on the left wing, can play up top as well. But he isn't the most clinical. If you look at his track record, I think last season he got six goals in, a, in about 28 games or something. So seems like a typical United signing where there isn't a plan for him as such. But I think spending big, well, the, the Glazers will probably think spending big will appease the fans right now. But if you look at it on social, if you've got friends that are United fans, the fans have had enough. And the recent protests are evident. I believe they'll be doing another protest against uh, Liverpool on Monday before the game. So right now, this club is poorly run. Until things are not sorted upstairs. So when I say upstairs, I mean hiring a legitimate sporting director. Things will remain the same at Manchester United. I don't think there'll be any change or fortune whatsoever. So we'll see how it goes for them this season. Just got a couple of comments here from Madison Smith. In any, any circumstance where you where you see ETH not making it to the end of the season, I know it's just two games that they need to overhaul the squad, but nothing has changed. No resistance, no new manager bounce. And your second comment is, Man United still haven't scored a goal and there's a good chance they won't score again against Liverpool. Very good point, Madison. If I was United board I wouldn't get rid of him in any shape or form this season even if they're in the bottom half of the league and some people have always said that they they might be in that position especially if Ronaldo was to leave the club you have to stick with this manager he's the manager that you've pretty much spent big money in terms of getting him from Ajax paying a big compensation fee there it was your number one target in terms of managerial recruitment and I'll be honest with you I think it was a fantastic appointment He's one of the young managers that are up and coming right now. Apart from Pep Klopp and Conte in the league, now there isn't really a bona fide manager out there that 
could come into United and instantly change how it is. So they had to take the route where they got someone who has that sort of young sort of vision as well, has a pedigree in a different league, but obviously has to showcase it in the Premier League now. And I feel like he is the right manager to take them forward. But as I just mentioned uh, a minute ago, it's upstairs that's the, that's the problem. They need to have a sporting director to kind of bring into a vision at, at this club. And I don't just mean the first team here. I'm talking about grassroots up to the academy and up to the first team and so on in terms of future recruitment to try and get certain types of players that fit into the philosophy of Manchester United. Right now, there isn't an identity in terms of how they play either. So, yeah, if they were to sack him, I think it'd be harsh. I think you've got to give him time to implement his sort of philosophy to the team. And, you know, it's, it's his first window, still a couple of weeks left. So he's got a lot to do in terms of recruiting more players. But he needs to be given a chance. Uh, I don't think it's something where you can just sack him after one year. If that does happen, then where do they go? Who's the next manager that they can bring in? I know Sam Allardyce is available, so maybe someone like that. And, you know, all jokes aside, there isn't really anyone out there to manage a big club like Manchester United. So, yeah, if that was to happen, yeah, it's not looking good, to be honest with you. So, we'll see, we'll see how that goes with Manchester United. But, oh, so the next game, Liverpool versus Crystal Palace. So, another disappointing and frustrating result for Liverpool here. For me, there's no other place to start other than the Nunez red card. What on earth was he thinking? If you're going to do something like that, make it discreet where the referee can't see what you've done. Now, look, I'm not trying to condone violence here unless it's with Charles and then, you know, by all means, give him a body shot, do what you got to do. But in this situation, Nunez, very naive in, um, in reacting in that way. He was rattled by Anderson throughout the first half. And for me, it was just a moment of red mist where it took over and lost his control. But this is something he needs to learn from. He needs to control his temperament going forward and make sure he's not affected by little things like this because welcome to the Premier League. You're going to get this week in, week out by these defenders. So you need to be able to get used to it, shrug it off and let your football do the talking. There's no point of mouthing to anyone or getting physical with the opposition players. You've got to let the football do the talking. So a lot to learn from him. He's still a young player, don't get me wrong. I know the price tag doesn't help, but yeah, he's not helped the team in this situation. Uh, he's suspended for three games. Ironically, we actually played better with 10 men. But yeah, it's a shame. Because even in the first half, I thought he had some decent touches. In terms of shooting, he's still a bit wayward in my opinion. He needs to have a bit more composure when he's in front of goal. Uh, but for me, in terms of Liverpool, the best player was Harvey Elliott. He was very, very busy in terms of making uh, space or he was passing and moving, making space for his other players and the little intricate passes that he was doing. Very active. And that's what I want to see from a centre mid where he's trying to be creative. He's trying to be on the front foot and make things happen for his club. Palace, the way they were set up, they were definitely playing on the counter with a 5-4-1 formation and those tactics came to effect. Eze, who, by the way, had a fantastic game throughout, had produced a lovely through ball to Zaha, 
who scored a very Henri-esque goal from the left-hand side. Exquisite finish. Uh, poor defending from Fabino. Should have made the tackle on Eze. And for me, Van Dijk was very slow to react and get close to Zaha. If he had that extra yard, I'm sure he could have blocked that shot. But yeah, poor defending on his part. But the equaliser was a phenomenal goal. Let's not be around the bush. Luis Diaz beating four or five players and then bang, hits the shot in the corner. What a goal and more please, Mr. Diaz. This is what I want to see from you week in, week out. Uh, you're more than capable of doing these goals and having these moments on a regular basis. So please keep keep doing your thing because um, for me, I've rated Luis Diaz for a long time. Really impressed to the Howies coming to Liverpool and just hit the ground running and long may it continue. And there's more pressure on him with the departure of Mane as well. So hopefully he's able to express himself more this season and get the end of a lot more goals. So for Liverpool, the next game is against Manchester United. And as strange as it may seem, I'm not overly confident about this fixture. I think we'll get the win, but it's not going to be an easy walk in the park. It's going to require hard work. We've got no strikers. So Nunes, like I said earlier, is suspended for three games. And there's no Firmino. Jota's still not available. Not sure who's leading the line next week. So remains to be seen to <laughs> what's happening for that game there. Next game, Arsenal versus Leicester City. So now, if you don't believe in Jesus, I'm sure you do after this game. What a performance by Arsenal's new striker, the first goal was beautifully executed. Dinked it with a curling shot into the corner. Beautiful finish. Great start to the game. Second goal, simple header, but it was his positioning and movement that found the space for him to be on the near post and get away from his man and do a simple header there. So perfectly, perfectly done by Jesus there with his second goal. Leicester... Add one to their tally, but through an unfortunate goal by Saliba. Very unlucky, to be fair. At that moment, I think he just needed to guide it where it went away from goal. But he's young. These sort of mistakes happen with young centre-backs. They live, you live and you learn. Uh, I like the fact that Ramsdale actually went up over to him just to pat him on the back and say, look, don't want to shrug it off. Let's, let's move on. So good leadership from him there. In terms of Leicester City, howler from Danny Ward. He drops the ball from across and then uh, Shaka manages to get his shot in back of the net. And then Madison, for me, a very sought-out player right now. I think he might be leaving Leicester City, but at this stage, he's a Leicester City player. Scores from a very tight angle through the keeper's legs. Maybe he should have done better to block that shot, but sometimes the position of the goalkeepers isn't right, and I think Madison used that to his advantage there. And then the last goal, Martinelli hits a fantastic shot with his left foot to make it four. So, great start for Arsenal. Great performance overall. Fully deserved. Playing some great football right now. And the fans are certainly pleased. So, for the Gunners, long may it continue. Uh, but, yeah, they're looking, they're looking like a good force right now. Next game, Man City versus Bournemouth. So, Pretty much a walk in the park for the Blues. Uh, the first goal, <coughs> excuse me, great interchange by Haaland and Gundogan and with the German midfielder finishing the move with a nice left-footed shot. I believe he's the new captain now as well, so great for him there. 
the second goal by Kevin De Bruyne. <clears throat> I don't know what to say. Simply outrageous. Beautiful goal with the outside of his foot. The third goal. Um, lovely pass by Kevin De Bruyne to Foden. He was lucky with the goal, but I think the keeper should have done a lot better there. <clears throat> and the final goal. Great play by Cancelo on the left. who crossed hits the back of Lerner for an on goal, which is unfortunate for him, despite having a good performance last week for Bournemouth. But right now, City look terrifying, and I certainly fear for my team, as well as the other team rivaling for that crown this season, because they're on another level, and I don't think they've hit new gears either. And with the addition of Haaland, it's going to be a long, long season for all of us. So... Yeah, that's my conclusion to match week two. That's my wrap up there. Um, now it's time to announce our FPL manager of the week. So I had a decent week with my team. I got 77 points. But the winner in our league is Jason Andy Fang of Molestar FC. So well done to Jason there. You're now placed in second, I believe, only six points behind Ibrahim Rashid of Kush Gang FC. I'm currently 25th in the league, but just like Liverpool, I plan to climb up that league in no time and, yeah, hopefully compete with you guys up top. But, yeah, that wraps us up for today. So thank you so much for tuning in and a big thank you to Madison contributing with the comments there. If you haven't already, please don't forget to like, comment and subscribe. Make sure you hit that notification bell. I will be doing some more content this week. So the next piece of content will be a match preview between Manchester United and Liverpool this Thursday. I hope to have a special guest for that show, so I'll keep you posted. Um, why not follow me on social media? So you can follow me at AussieFTP on Twitter, as you can see on the screen. And you can also follow me at Aussie.FTP on Instagram. If you saw my story on Instagram, actually, um, you would have seen my comment about Wolves' imminent signing of Mateus Nunes to Wolves. Uh, if you've watched my previous transfer episodes, that's the player that I wanted Liverpool to sign. I think it's a missed opportunity for Liverpool. You should have signed, in my opinion, but yeah, that's how it goes sometimes. So, can't have it all, as they say. But likewise, thank you, thank you again for tuning in. Take care, stay safe, and I hope to see you all very soon. Good night.